Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Ed Burt. So, as always, pleasure to be back. Hopefully, this podcast sees sees you and yours well, as we are still in a time of absolute craziness, to say the least. No Adam. He will be back later this week. But in the meantime, we have a return to the Basement Talk podcast, family of podcasts. And it's only fitting that this happens on a day where there is some inclement weather outside, where the weathermen called for rain, and we are now getting snow. So um, let's bring in the Basement Talk podcast weatherman, Jared Fagion. Um, Jared, what what happened with with the weather today? What happened with the, for, with the forecast? Please, please share. First of all, thank you for having me again. I've been fiending to do a mock draft and talk some fantasy football. Surely. I have my breakout guys, some deep sleepers. And the weather, it's not the same when we used to do it. It's terrible conditions. Huh? I miss the sun. What's the, uh, what's the UV index today? It's probably in the negative somehow. <laughs> not bad outside. Well, Jared, it is good to have you back. And yes, you you stole my thunder. We are going to be doing another mock draft. We are just hammering the mock drafts at this point. And we are going to uh, be getting Jared's opinion on, you know, what drafts kind of look like, where he is at in terms of his pre-draft analysis. And we're going to be going over a ton of uh, a ton of different things. So uh, I think the the first place to to kind of start before we get into the the mock draft jared um give me one guy at his current adp that you love and then one guy at his current adp that you don't like one guy i currently love is cd lamb i forgot where he's going exactly but like the fifth a, round end of the fifth round if i remember fourth, correctly. fifth round depending on your draft but his numbers last year were very good he was a wide receiver too and that's with Dak being hurt I mean, his skills speak for themselves. The numbers speak for themselves. And I just see him having a fantastic breakout year with a healthy deck this year. And I'm taking him there easily. I think he could be a a wide receiver, too, in your lineup easily all year. I would agree with you. And I think that was the one that, you know, when Adam and I have done mocks and we've been, you know, analyzing all this pre-draft data, CD Lamb stands out. He, he does. And I think the the one guy that I know I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about for sure, because Adam and I are very much on the anti uh, T Higgins train in terms of where he's going right now. Uh, you know, CD lamb going at the end of the fifth, maybe even you can get him in the top of the sixth, whereas T Higgins is going top, top of the fifth in the company of guys like Amari Cooper, guys like Adam Thielen, guys like Deontay Johnson, uh, I, Jared, can you try and explain that to me before we get the guy that you that you don't like? I mean, I I want this to be you know a, a T Higgins love fest because I I love the player I do, but it just it, there's just certain guys that just stand out and I ask myself why the hell are they being drafted this high and T, and T Higgins is that guy for me right away. I mean, according to fantasy pros, T Higgins is going as wide receiver thirty four. And when you look at the numbers he had last year, he's clearly the guy with Joe Burrow. And especially, let's just say, A.J. Green walks. They don't sign him this year. 
I mean, who's going to be the main guy in that team with a better Joe Burrow? I mean, I believe the last six of the eight games that Burrow played, Higgins got at least, I believe, eight um, targets. I mean, he's a young guy. He's a physical guy. And his fantasy numbers were not horrendous last year. They were pretty good for a rookie wide receiver. And I just see that going up as his rapport with Burrow increases. My whole thing is this. If he's being if he's being ranked right now as the wide receiver 34, he's not being drafted as the wide receiver 34 because the last two mocks that Adam and I have done, he was going top of the fifth. So if, because I have him in my ranks, I have him as the wide receiver 30. So I have him higher than the consensus does, but I'm not taking, I'm not taking him top of the fifth round. There's, there's not a chance. Do you have any names around him that you could rattle off? Uh, Let me pull up my, ranks very quickly uh the one guy that i know stands out right away in terms of who i have t higgins around is a Devonte parker i have him very much in that sort of range um a uh jarvis landry let's say also in that range um i i mean i have his teammate tyler boyd higher so I would much rather have Tyler Boyd at that top at that fifth round spot more than I would rather have T Higgins. I like them both. I like I like them both a lot, but obviously, you know, their prospects are, are a bit bleak if Joe Burrow comes back and is not the same guy, or if Joe Burrow doesn't come back until week four, week five. You know, what are you gonna do with a receiver that you drafted in the fifth round if you can't use him? for five weeks because there's a Ryan Finley there or whomever the guy would be for, for Cincinnati for those first, uh, those first five weeks. So what, what good are they really? Well, a borough situation is that bad where you're coming around draft day and they're still questioning when he's going to return. Well, then of course you play it by year. But um, when you bring up the fifth round, every draft I look at um, going back, when I hit even like the fourth round, most of those guys are throwaway guys, even a lot of guys in the second round. So to take a risk on a second year, possibly a possible breakout wide receiver in the fifth round who had solid numbers last year. I mean, I wouldn't say, oh, it's the fifth round. I'm not going to take him. I think you could take risk on potential breakout guys then. I mean, how many guys do you really keep in the first five rounds all year in your lineup, barring injury? That's just how I look at it. Well, ideally it would be two or three. It would be your first, second, and then your third round pick. But, you know, it, it normally doesn't work out that way, as, as we definitely saw this past year. You know, not many not many people were playing their first round picks every single week unless you owned an Alvin Kamara or if you owned a Dalvin Cook or if you owned a Derrick Henry. Then then maybe you were you were playing them every single week. But outside of that, there wasn't much, especially in that first round where you were playing every single guy uh, – every single week in your lineup. All right. Now the guy that you don't like right now that some people do like. Um, I haven't really looked at the guys I don't like, but just looking off the rankings, I'm not a big fan of Joe Mixon. I'm just not a fan of him again. I just don't see the allure. I'd rather take a lot of other guys around there, like a Miles Sanders or Josh Jacobs, um, even an Antonio Gibson. I'd rather have guys like that rather take the younger potential breakout guys or the more solid reputation guys. I would say this. I would say this when it, when it comes to Mixon, 
because he's definitely someone that divides a lot of opinion because I think a lot of people think he's really good, but it's a matter of, you know, he doesn't have the offensive line that can really move holes for him. Uh, He is not reliable enough in terms of his overall durability. It's a problem for, for Joe Mixon. I'm a big Joe Mixon guy. I, I love Joe Mixon. But when you have someone like that, where you're only really, where you only really can trust him for 10 or 12 games, knowing that there's a possibility he misses four or more potential games, you know, that's a, that's, that's a real problem. That is a real, real, real problem. And, you know, if we just look at the guys that are in Joe Mixon's range, you're looking at just more surefire things. You know, if he's going right now in PPR, according to Fantasy Pros, as the RB9, I have him in my ranks as the RB11. You know, you're, you're looking at Miles Sanders. You're looking at Josh Jacobs and even more higher-end guys like Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb. You know, I, I think I would rather have – I would definitely rather have Josh Jacobs, I would think. I would definitely rather have Aaron Jones. I would definitely rather have Nick Chubb. I think the real question is between a guy like Miles Sanders and a guy like Joe Mixon. Who would you rather have in that spot? And that's a really, really good question. Yeah, I agree. And I've been watching football enough and been playing fantasy enough to realize what's the point of taking a guy who historically gets injured or has a bad offensive line and hasn't been putting in the work and you're going to take him second, third round? I mean, don't give yourself that headache. Take a younger breakout guy. I'd rather roll the dice on that any day than a guy who there's articles saying, oh, it's a bounce back here. They've been saying that for multiple years. I just wouldn't take the risk on that. I would say I would say this, and you, you bring up a very good point. When you were talking about the, the younger guys that have the higher upside, just we'll, we'll play this game. Who would you rather have, Joe Mixon or Miles Sanders? I would say Miles Sanders. I would say Joe Mixon. I'd rather I'd rather have Mixon. That's a close one. So I'm not eyeing either of them in a draft. So, but I would. It's slim for Sanders. Okay, so let's say based on their current ADP, Joe Mixon, who's going middle of the second, or DeAndre Swift, who's going in that spot as well. I would take DeAndre Swift in the tier that Mixon's going. I'd rather take a solid wide receiver or wait and take a younger guy like Gibson, Dobbins, Akers. I'd rather take them over him easily. That's where I was going. That's where I was going. I was going to bring up that group of uh, Gibson, Dobbins, Akers. I love them. What about Mixon or Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Oof, I don't like – that's a tough one. Because I'm not a Hilaire guy. I'm just going to go Hilaire just because of the team he's on and the volume. Yeah, I I would probably say I think you have more potential upside with Alaire. I think the floor is definitely safer with Mixon. Even though Mixon the, does get a good amount of volume, I have to take that back. But yeah, but the problem the problem is what does he do with it? Yeah, and because that offensive line is is just so 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 terrible. Um, you know, it's it, it's a total crapshoot when it comes to uh, to Cincinnati. And I know one of the one of the strategies I have for this year when it comes to drafts is I am avoiding like the plague. At least in the first four or five rounds, I am avoiding players that are on terrible teams. I think that is just going to be the way that I would go. So even if it's, let's say, 
in the first round or the second round, I'm looking at a guy potentially like a Joe Mixon or like a Miles Sanders, for example, two guys who could be on absolutely terrible football teams. I won't take them no matter where they fall, no matter what value they may be perceived to be. I, I will not take them. I, I don't care. I will not take them. It's a good way to look at it. But then, of course, you know, you get later into the draft and then you just start taking guys that can fill in anywhere. And then, you know, you're, you're going to be inevitably taking guys on, on bad teams just because, you know, well, you have to. You know, it is just the way that it works. But the first five-ish rounds, I want to try and avoid the guys that are on terrible teams. So, um, Can we talk about another guy real quick? Sure. Because I, I was looking at him when you said people I'm looking to avoid. Maybe I get in trouble for this one, but I'm just looking at Saquon Barkley, number two on this for fantasy pros. If I have a top three pick, I'm just, I can't take Saquon Barkley. I know a lot of people still love him, but when he started last year, that old line looked horrendous. He didn't look exactly the same as he did. And I just don't trust that offense. I would rather take a Dalvin Cook. I'd either, I would even take Derrick Henry over him. I just think there's more safety and stability. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. I have Kamara, I have Cook, and I have Henry ranked over Barkley. I mean, the real the real debate that I'm having right now in terms of my running backs is after, of course, the uh, the Carson Wentz trade that that happened. Do I what do I do now with Jonathan Taylor? Because Ready I think this? I would yeah, take ahead. Taylor, I would take a Taylor over Saquon. I'm loving Jonathan Taylor this year. I listen, I'm I'm almost there with you, and I think I'm almost there with Jonathan Taylor over Ezekiel Elliott as well. I agree too. I mean, if they get rid of Mac, he's a free agent. And he had, I believe, 1,100 rushing yards about and 11 touchdowns last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a rookie on a good team that's it's set up to be a good team, I mean. Unbelievable. I love that. Unbelievable. And he, and, and I think he fits in terms of the profile that you were talking about before. Young in terms right of guys now. that have that have massive, massive upside. Would anybody would anybody be remotely shocked if Jonathan Taylor finishes the league finishes at the end of next season as second in the league for rushing, or maybe or maybe wins the rushing title? Who knows? I don't think anybody would, would be surprised. I'd be shocked if he finished barring injury, like you know, yeah. in the teens. Yeah, I, like I, I think he he could definitely be a guy that we're talking about. You know, when we get to May, you know, we're going to be doing, you know, superlative shows for futures and, and things like that. And I think one of the categories that we'll probably end up doing is the guy who is on the outside looking in, in terms of top five at each position and, you know, who from the outside can finish top five. Jonathan Taylor has got to be the top of, of that list with, you know, with, with like a Cam Akers to me. But I think Jonathan Taylor definitely has more of the, um, has more of the ample opportunity right now to ascend to being a top five runner. Whereas with, with acres, you know, you still have the Darrell Henderson's and the Malcolm Brown's of, of the world where you still have to figure that out. But I still think acres will be the guy uh, by himself. That is one for, uh, for another day, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor is one that I am uh, definitely putting over Barkley. I'm putting him over Zeke. Here's the real question now. And th- you could take any from this group it doesn't matter which one you want to uh, you want to put here. 
Would you rather have any of those guys over Devontae Adams? Uh, which guys? The ones you just named? Oh, Jonathan or... Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Would you take any of them over Adams? The only one I would think about is Taylor. I really like him. Devontae's just – he's an exception to the rule because my draft strategy that we'll see soon, I really want a running back in the first two rounds mm-hmm. because it is so slim, as you as you know, and your know, uh, audience knows. Once you hit third, fourth round, I mean – it's so dry, and you can get good wide receiver value. You could pick up a CD. You could pick up um, maybe a Terry McLaurin or yeah. Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's deep. But after the first, like, 12 running backs for me, ugh, you know. It gets scary. It gets scary really fast. And even, even like, the top 12 guys, because you have and, – and we'll see when we, when we go into this draft, you know, you have guys that are not in the top 12 that are going to be better, better values than the guys that are in the top 12 and people will draft them because they have that elite upside. So they'll be pushed up because of it. And, you know, we'll see when we get into, uh, into this mock and you answered my next question before we got into the mock was what is the overall draft strategy that you have, but you answered it. So radio professional on your part, very, very well done. So we're going to get into the mock the best part of the show we're all waiting for. So, of course, 2021 mock, PPR, snake draft. You guys know how this works by now. Uh, one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, and then six bench spots. We are going to randomize the spot. If we get a fifth or a ninth, we are going to do it again because we have done a draft from the fifth and the ninth spot already, and we did get a fifth. So we are going to randomize it again and we got a ninth so this is <laughs> wonderful and we are drafting from the seventh spot so there we go we have a fifth we have a seventh and we have a ninth so we are doing it from the seventh overall pick as we get loaded into fantasy pros so the top six we have christian mccaffrey at the one one alvin Kamara at the one two saquon barkley at the one three Dalvin Cook at the 1-4, Devontae Adams at the 1-5, and Ezekiel Elliott at the 1-6. Jared, any shocks for you in this top six? Um, Elliott going six. Um, Fantasy Pros always does something like that. They'll take a guy, you know, ranked a little lower, throw him in. Um, In terms of this draft, do you want to do like a a realistic type look or? We can do whatever we want to do. Because honestly, I believe Derrick Henry would be gone. And to me, I think the more interesting conversation would be, would you take a Tyreek Hill here or the next best running back? Like a Chubb, let's just say. Well, for me, the next best running back here would, in fact, be Austin Eckler. That would be the next best option if we don't go ahead and take a Derrick Henry. Um, The real question that I think we have to have is exactly the one that you just asked. Would you be taking the sixth or seventh best running back, depending on what your ranks would suggest in Austin Eckler. Oh, wait, I lied. Jonathan Taylor's here. Jonathan Taylor is sitting right here. So Jonathan Taylor would also definitely be in this conversation as well. Uh, Fantasy pros has him as the RB nine, as opposed to Eckler, who's the RB seven, Derek Henry, the RB five. So 
I think for me, I just value the running back so much more than I would value the receiver. You said it before, Jared, that, you know, receiver just gets so, so, so deep. So, you know, you could take a very productive receiver in round three, even at this spot in round two. Um, I think I'm more interested in locking up one of the running back spots with a, you know, Henry, an Eckler, a Taylor, or a Chubb. I think the pick for me here, if we're going and being realistic and saying that Derrick Henry probably is gone here, I would say it's Jonathan Taylor then. I agree with Taylor. And it's tough because Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, they're their own tier for me. And I wouldn't blame someone for taking them there because you know what you're going to get. They put up, they'll put up um, weeks that will easily win you the week um, points. that will win you the week. So I wouldn't blame you, but I agree. I want the young breakout running back. I would take Taylor here, even though Henry's there. I don't think he'll be there. Taylor very well will be here. Probably. I would take him here. Okay. So we are going to take Jonathan Taylor at the one seven. No surprise. Derek Henry, then went right after us at the 1-8, Nick Chubb at the 1-9, and then Michael Thomas at the 1-10 to round off round one. DeAndre Hopkins at the 2-1, Tyreek Hill at the 2-2, then Aaron Jones at the 2-3. I think Michael Thomas over DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill is a bit of a surprise. I don't think we'll be seeing that in any draft, but I will ask you this, Jared. There are reports that are circulating that Drew Brees may be coming back for one more year. If Drew Brees does come back for one more year, where are you taking Michael Thomas? That's really tough. I personally wouldn't even look at him because I was looking at the um, at rankings before this pod, and um, I really like Thomas. Like for a mid-second guy with a new quarterback, I love that, but. If Breeze comes back, he was he was like barely uh, fantasy relevant with Breeze. Yeah, I would take an AJ Brown over him. I would take Allen Robinson over him. Diggs, Ridley, Metcalf. I don't even know where I would put him. I would take all those guys over him though. I can I tell would... you where I would put Michael Thomas. Easy if Drew if Drew Breeze is there, Michael Thomas would not be a second round pick for me. I hundred percent agree. I would love him in the second round if he's with a Taysom Hill or he's with a Jameis Winston. And it's crazy to say that. that. I would because they him. have the bigger arms. They can get the ball downfield. And and I guess the the question then becomes if Drew Brees is back, what happens with Kamara? Is he locked and loaded then as the number two running back? Or is there a case to be made that Alvin Kamara should be taken number one off the board? Kamara is going to be a very interesting topic throughout this year and specifically this summer, closer to drafts. For me personally, if Breeze is back, Kamara, he's my number one, number one, number two. We saw what he did last year. I think he has, you know, he repeats some of that next year just because Drew Breeze loves the dump off now. His arm strength is gone pretty much. Yep. But if we have hypothetically a Hill as quarterback, which I don't think that's going to happen, I'm not even looking at a Kamara. But if we have a Jameis Winston, I still like Kamara, but he gets uh, pushed down a couple of notches for me. So he'll be very I interesting. I agree with you a thousand percent. One thousand percent. If it's Taysom Hill, odds are I'm not touching him. If it's Jameis Winston, 
he'll be a top five pick versus a top three or even top two. But if it is Drew Brees, then there's a case that you should be taking Alvin Kamara number one. And I wouldn't fault you if you do decide to go ahead and do that. Um, so we are on the clock here at the two four. Um, for me, there are two different ways that we can go. And that is we can just round out the running backs and have Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler, which is an unbelievable duo. Or we try and get ourselves a receiver where we're looking at a Calvin Ridley, a Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, or we go and we take a Travis Kelsey, which if you haven't listened to the show that Adam and I did, is our first mock draft of the year. We actually did the mock on Travis Kelsey being selected at the ninth overall. So definitely go check that out and definitely remember to subscribe to the Basement Talk podcast and leave a five-star review while you go and do that. For me, um, I think I value having the stability at running back, and that's why I think Austin Eckler is the guy here because if we just look after Eckler, the drop-off is massive. The next best guy is probably, you know, Swift. Then you're talking about Mixon, Jacobs, Sanders, and then you're getting into the younger guys, the Clydes, Gibsons, Akers, Dobbins. I agree. For me personally, it's between Eckler and Diggs. Diggs was just so alluring last year. He was a go-getter. He won new weeks. He was a PPR machine. So if it was between a wide receiver, it would be him for me. And um, Kelsey's a beast. You know, he always puts the work and he's always alluring to look at and the taken mocks in the second round, but I just never do it. I always value the um, a wide receiver running back over him. But even though every year he still puts up insane numbers. So I wouldn't fault someone for picking him there. Um, Eckler, I really love Eckler, but recently, I don't know why he's been rubbing me the wrong way. I just feel like something's going to happen where he doesn't show up as like a top 10 guy. Maybe it's an injury usage, but realistically, I would take him here too because the drop-off is immense. Well, I will say that the one thing with Eckler that a lot of people are a little bit concerned about is obviously the change in regime. You went from Anthony Lynn, who is a known running back guy who wants to really run his offense through the running backs, to now Brandon Staley, who we don't know what his offense is going to necessarily look like. But if we know what his background is, and that is coming from the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay, you get a mix of everything. It'll be more of a balanced offense, but don't be surprised if you get games where Austin Eckler is toting the rock 25, 30 times. So it really comes down to, you know, what do you, what do you value? Do you value Stefan Diggs where, you know, you have that balance with this team, or do you really lock yourself up with the running back, take Eckler, and, you know, you're pretty much building for the next three, four, maybe five rounds, your receivers. And for me, I would be taking Austin Eckler here. I concur. I agree. I would take Eckler here. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and take Austin Eckler. So Stefan Diggs, went the pick right after us at the 2-5. Miles Sanders then went at the 2-6. DeAndre Swift, 2-7. Julio Jones at the 2-8. Now, he's a guy that I think in the second round, he could be someone that 
absolutely blows up this year or or we're talking about him and we're saying why did you pick him in the second round i agree he reminds me of one of those guys every year where um you're hoping for a bounce back i mean he still has it in him but i would still rather take a younger guy breakout guy but i wouldn't fault anyone for taking him at the end of the second early third no, I think that's fantastic value wherever, wherever you could uh, you could get him. And, I mean, if you're telling me that he's going in this range and you could potentially start your draft at number one overall with Christian McCaffrey and then a DK Metcalf or a Calvin Ridley or a Julio Jones, I mean, that's just ridiculous. And then coming back around, you then get a Travis Kelsey. Oof, that, that, that's gross. That's really, really, really gross. Uh, DK Metcalf then went at the 2-9. Calvin Ridley, the 210. Travis Kelsey, the aforementioned Travis Kelsey at 3 1. Antonio Gibson at the 3 2. Your boy, Jared, going at the 3 2. I love him again. I think that's good value. Allen Robinson, my boy, at the 3 3. I think that is outstanding value. I think that is the pick of the draft, if you ask me. George Kittle at the 3 4. AJ Brown at the 3 5. And then the new papa, Patrick Mahomes, at the 3 six and we are now on the clock at three seven well and to to go off what we said with the last round i mean mm -hmm. here we go we have i believe four or five good wide receivers that i wouldn't mind being my one with the uh, running backs we just drafted yeah for sure and we're looking if we just go back and we look at that last run of picks there were three receive three running backs excuse me that were picked sanders swift gibson the rest were all receivers and pass catchers, really. And then you had Mahomes. So I think we did make the right decision in terms of taking a running back uh, in the second round because now we're not even looking at this just heinous group of Jacobs, Mixon, um, even to an extent, you know, in the third round, like Clyde. Um, it's kind of bleh for me. But we're here, we're on the clock now. Um, this is where we have to take a receiver, I would think. Darren Waller is here if we want to go tight end and be a bit hipster. But there are two guys that stand out. It's Keenan Allen and Justin Jefferson. Uh, if we really want to go off the off the board a little bit, you know, Terry McLaurin is here, who I think, you know, if, if they can get him a proper quarterback in, in Washington, uh, Terry McLaurin being taken at the 3-7 could be a steal for, for right now. Um, but for me, for, 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 the, for the here and now, um, it's Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, and I have Justin Jefferson higher in my ranks than Keenan Allen. So uh, Justin Jefferson would be the guy for me. I agree with the guys you were talking about. I was looking at Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson. Terry McLaurin's very interesting here. I personally would go Keenan Allen. I just think his numbers last year were very good. His rapport with Herbert, I think it's going to step up again. The only thing I know you hate taking two guys on the same team, I do. especially with a down week. I could really kill your team in fantasy. Um, I love Justin Jefferson. His numbers, despite being a rookie, were a little sporadic, up and down. So a little nervous with that, but I think that evens out, gets better. Um, I wouldn't go to war over picking Jefferson over Allen, especially since we have Eckler. But those two guys, I'm definitely looking at here. No, no. I, I, I'll give you Keenan Allen. I'll give you Keenan Allen. I, I love Keenan Allen. Don't get me wrong, but I just think the, uh, the upside – the week-to-week upside is probably greater with Jefferson. Take Jefferson, with, with Keenan Allen. But no, you want 
Uh, you are the guest. I will. I'll give you a bone here. We will take Keenan Allen at this spot. So at the three eight, we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire going off the board. Three nine, Joe Mixon. Three ten, Justin Jefferson. The four one, Josh Jacobs. The four two, Darren Waller, and the four three. Terry McLaurin, that sucks because we really could have taken Terry McLaurin there and been, really have been in a great spot. Uh, just to recap our roster up to this point, we have Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Keenan Allen. So we are on the clock here. And Jared, we could do anything that we really want to do. We could take a running back and just round out our running backs and three stud backs. We could take another receiver here. Um, I wouldn't be taking a quarterback here personally. Uh, we've missed out on the tight end wave. So, I mean, I'm open to doing anything you want to do. For me, I just feel like this team needs another receiver. And uh, the guys that Fantasy Pros are suggesting, suggesting Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, I don't love any of them. You know, I think if there's one out of the, that group that I love. It's probably Evans. But for me, I'm looking at Robert Woods and I'm looking at Amari Cooper as if there are receivers here that I would take, I would probably take them. Um, if I had to pick one of the two, for me, it would be Robert Woods over Amari Cooper. Now, to me, this gets very interesting in the draft, especially someone for me. I would go off the path a little bit. Tier five is extremely interesting from 31 to 42. You have a combination of older guys who are established, you know what you're going to get. You have a lot of young breakout guys like the Cam Akers, the Dobbins. I I would go for a younger running back here. I know you like Cam Akers a lot. Love him. I mean, if you love him, I would take him here because I think we could pull off a CD Lamb as the wide receiver too. And I wouldn't mind that, especially with an Akers or a Dobbins. I like Akers more too. And the wide receivers don't excite me here. Kenny Galladay, is he a banged-up guy? Chris Godwin, a lot of mouths to feed. He's a good receiver, though. Uh, Robert Woods, you know what you're going to get every year. He's not exciting, but he puts the work in. No problem taking him here. But I would double down with the um, running back here. I don't know what you think about that. Uh, listen, you know I'm not opposed to taking Cam Akers. That, that is like the worst kept secret in the world that in every draft that I'll be in, I'm going to want Cam Akers every single place I can get him. Um, but before we make that pick, I want to ask you about our guy, our, and as we so affectionately call him, our young prince, Robert Woods. Him at the 4-4, do you think that is a value for him given all of the hype now that is behind this L.A. Rams offense with Matthew Stafford now as the quarterback for the Rams. I definitely think so. If you look at his numbers, you know what you're going to get. Stafford's a he's a good quarterback. He'll give him the work. He reminds me of um, an Allen Robinson. Mm. Year in, year out, he puts the work in, gives you the numbers, pushes you over the edge in your week. But draft time comes around. No one respects him. He goes around or two later. Um, I think he, he is going for a value in the fourth round. I have no problem taking him here either. So I think it really just comes down to which Rams guy we want to take is, is kind of where we're at is if we're going to take Robert Woods or we're going to take Cam Akers. I will say that if you want, and I think just for experimentation, I think this is what we're going to do is for as badly as I would love to take Cam Akers. I want to take Robert Woods 
just so we can see if Cam Akers makes it back around to us. That's fine. Okay, so we're going to take Robert Woods. Uh, normally, I think if I were in a live draft, I would be taking Cam Akers here, but I think just for the experimentation purposes of the mock, uh, this is what you do for mocks. You, you take guys that normally you wouldn't take, and you see how they how it plays out. And the best part about fantasy fantasy pros is they have the revert pick tool where you can make the pick. And if you don't like what you see, you can always go back to the pick and then change it up. You can do whatever you want. This is part of studying for the exam that is in April and sometimes in September. This is all part of it. And this is what we are here to help you, the listeners, do. So we are going to take Robert Woods and we are going to hope and pray that Cam Makers falls does at the 5-7, and he does not. So, the 4-5, James Robinson, who, I mean, listen, if you could tell me that James Robinson is going to be the number one guy in Jacksonville next year with Trevor Lawrence, the 4-5 is a value for him. I agree. I, I wasn't a big fan of him um, at the end of the year because he was going way too high. But if we're getting him here, I have no problem with that. I agree with you going at 35 overall. I think that's a great value for him. Uh, Chris Godwin at the 4-6. Kenny Galladay at the 4-7. Now, the thing with Kenny Galladay, depending on where he goes, he can either go up or he can either go down. That's the thing with Kenny Galladay that kind of worries me is, you know, what happens if he goes to a – what if he stays in Detroit? Or what if he goes to the Jets? He probably would stay at this spot, if not go a little bit lower. But if he goes to, let's say, a Baltimore, and he becomes the number one receiver for Lamar Jackson, Kenny Galladay is going to go through the roof. And I, I, I won't touch him in the third round. I, I just will not do it. He's one guy I'm not looking at. There's too many question marks with him. I'd rather take uh, guys around him, even though it gets more slim. Like if Robert Woods is next to him, I'm taking Woods all day over him. Uh, I'm just not really looking at him. So Adam Thielen then went at the 4-8. DJ Moore at the 4-9. Our beloved Cam Akers at the 4-10. Then we went to round five. Amari Cooper at the 5-1. Josh Allen at the 5-2. Kenyon Drake at the 5-3. Mike Evans at the 5-4. CeeDee Lamb at the 5-5. And then Cooper Cup at the 5-6. And we are on the clock here at the 5-7. We have J.K. Dobbins staring us in the face. We have David Montgomery staring us in the face as well. Uh, And very interesting that in the last couple of drafts that we did, T Higgins was gone by this point. And now you have him not even within sight of, of this range. So this is where I think I, I I like T Higgins because you can tell me that he is still around come round six, round seven. I'm, I'm totally good with that. Totally, totally good with that. Yeah, and looking at that, I'd be looking at um, running backs here for where we're at. And it's interesting. that uh, David Montgomery is very interesting for me. If he's going in round five, I wouldn't mind taking a waiver on him. But I also really like J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. So I would be eyeing those two guys. I don't know what you think. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's the only two guys here that are really realistically worth looking at if we're not going to be going for a receiver, but even the receivers here, I don't necessarily love. Um, so really it is between JK Dobbins and, and David Montgomery. The thing with Montgomery is 
obviously his biggest games came when Tariq Cohen was not around. So, you know, you bring Tariq Cohen back into the fold. What does that offense look like? We've seen Matt Nagy in the past not necessarily be so super committed to to using him. And we don't know what kind of football team this is going to be because this offense could be absolutely dreadful if there's no Allen Robinson and if there's no Mitch Trubisky for better or for worse, this offense really did move with Trubisky more than it did with Foles. So if it's Nick Foles and you have your number one receiver as, you know, a Darnell Mooney for right now or an Anthony Miller, you know, this offense looks really, really bleak. And I don't know if I would be really willing to go and invest in that versus J.K. Dobbins, who's in a run first offense in Baltimore. You have Lamar Jackson there. You know what they want to do. You know that J.K. Dobbins has the immense upside being in that Baltimore Ravens offense. So for me, I think J.K. Dobbins is is the guy here. And I understand the allure with Montgomery. And I understand that, you know, people really, really do like Montgomery. But I think for right now, the question marks that surround that Bears offense scare me way more than maybe a possible rotation of Dobbins and Gus Edwards do in Baltimore. Because remember, Mark Ingram is no longer in town in, in Baltimore. So it's a two-man show of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Bus. I agree with that logic and what we brought up, what you just brought up, try and limit the question marks in the draft. David Montgomery has more question marks than J.K. Dobbins. And to me, thinking about Dobbins, I'm thinking about two years ago, the allure with Mark Ingram. He was a very good running back too when he was the main guy. So if Dobbins is the main guy on this team and you could get, a, let's just say, an RB2, RB3 even here, you know, there's a lot of allure for that. I would take him here over Montgomery. All right. So we will then go and take J.K. Dobbins. I, I, I Actually, I am loving that. There you go. There you go. It's exa- right on cue. T. Higgins at the 5'8". That, to me, is too expensive for my blood. I disagree with that. What receivers would you be looking at instead? There's one that's on the board right now that I want to take that I would rather have over T. Higgins. That's Odell Beckham. Oh, would you take Ayuk over Higgins? Yep, I would. That's another. That's another one. I would. Now, I would. Would you, would definitely you be looking him. at Mark Andrews here? Um, potentially, if we didn't take J.K. Dobbins, I would take uh, Mark Andrews here. But I feel like we just have so much of. We have the Chargers. We have the Ravens as well, so I think just diversifying the assets would be uh, would be better off. But T. Higgins at the five eight, Deontay Johnson at the five nine, Travis Etienne at the five ten. Yikes! Lamar Jackson at the six one, Juju Smith Schuster at the six two, Kyler Murray at the six three. We are on the clock now at the six four. For me, it's between Ayuk and Odell, and I just think the and I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here because I just feel like we said this time and time again. But the bounce back potential for Odell is just tremendous. Um, if we're if we're subscribing to the Jared way of thinking, the younger guy that could potentially just shatter the, gra- the glass ceiling this season could be the way we go with Brandon Ayuk, and I, I love him. I, I have no 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 qualms if we decide to go and take Ayuk here. And the man looking at me right now, Deshaun Watson, not to take him. 
But if he goes to the Niners, hypothetically, I will love Ayuk. I will love him. I will be on that train tooting that horn. Well, you and everybody else under the sun, because now him being available to the roof, him being available as the 58th player off the board at 64 right now is where we're at at pick 54, pick 54 right now. He (laughs) 54. We'll be talking about 34 for for Ayuk. If he go if if Deshaun Watson goes to to San Francisco, uh, I'm go- I'm good with taking Ayuk here. I, I'm I'm pretty good with that. I understand wanting to take a tight end, but I just feel like we're deep in the rabbit hole of avoiding the tight ends. So I just feel like we can just definitely take one at the end of the draft and not really have to worry about uh, the tight ends right now. So for me, for me, it's Brandon Ayuk or Odell. I look I like Ayuk more. So Ayuk is the guy. I like Ayuk. All right, so we are going to take Brandon Ayuk, and I. This is a good team, I have to say. I this really a, like this team. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm really, I really liking like this it. team. Um, all right, so we have Mark Andrews went right after us at the six five. Chris Carson at the six six. DJ Chark at the six seven. Odell Beckham at the six eight. TJ Hawkinson at the six nine. Nice. Tyler Lockett at the six ten. Will Fuller at the 7-1. David Montgomery at the 7-2. Wow. Wow. 7 That's good value. <laughs> Ooh, for David Montgomery. Wow. That's really good value. Hunter Henry at the 7-3. Debo Samuel at the 7-4. My God. When, when are people going to stop with the Debo Samuel nonsense? You hate that, man. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I really don't. I'll break the fourth wall. The dog of the Basement Talk podcast, Abby, does not like Debo Samuel either. <laughs> just, I'll just point that out there. Uh, Deshaun Watson at the 7-5, and then Tyler Boyd at 7-6. Tyler Boyd at the 7-6. I love that a lot. I love that a lot. So we are on the clock here. Just read off the roster very quickly. Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Brandon Ayuk, and J.K. Dobbins. We can go any direction that we want here. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the quarterbacks here, and I, you know, I'm looking at Dak. I'm looking at Russell Wilson. Those are two guys I like a lot, but I'm looking at Herbert as well. Uh, I don't think there's a huge need to go quarterback if we don't necessarily want to. Uh, the running backs here, it's kind of just, you know, used – baggage oh and Aaron Rodgers is here as well should point that that one out completely glossed over him honestly I don't know what I would do here I just think for me having the depth at running back is just more important than taking a luxury position like a quarterback or a tight end so I would be going for a running back or a receiver and for me, the highest guy that I have here in terms of my overalls is Kareem Hunt. So I think that is who I would take here personally. It's a very interesting route here. I was eyeing two guys mainly. I was eyeing Dak. You know, I, it, I used to be don't take a quarterback semi-early seventh round. But when you, pl- when you play fantasy and you look week by week, you realize how important a good quarterback is. And especially if you have a top five guy, they will 
they will put you over um, your opponent that week. And another interesting guy, I don't know what you think about him. Robbie Anderson, such an interesting guy to me. I mean, especially if they get a Deshaun or even if they keep Teddy, I mean, for where he's going, I think he's a, he's a pretty good value. You know, it sucks that we didn't get Tyler Boyd here because the pick would be really easy. It would be Tyler Boyd. Um, I like Robbie Anderson way more than I like Cortland Sutton, who is the next guy uh, that is on the suggested tool for uh, for fantasy pros. But that's never fun. You don't want to use that. You want to go off the grid. But for me, the best the best wide receiver here is, is in fact, Robbie Anderson. And for me, I have Kareem Hunt higher than Robbie Anderson in my overalls. But I think, I think it, just, it, it just I comes down to what you value Kareem. more. I think we have to take Kareem Hunt just because, you know, if anything happens to Chubb, he's the guy. It's just, it's alluring taking Kareem Hunt here too. Well, I, and I will also say this is after Kareem Hunt, you're looking at Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Ronald Jones, Raheem Mostert as like your next available running backs. And that to me is just nasty. And if we take Hunt here, we really lock down the running backs on our team. I mean, I agree. We have depth, right? You have your. We would take Kareem Hunt as our RB four, which is fantastic, Phenomenal. fantastic. So we, I, I think we're in, in agreement that we'll take uh, Kareem Hunt. But if Kareem Hunt wasn't here, who would you be eyeing down? Oh, uh, Robbie Anderson. Okay, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I'm not, I'm not taking a quarterback in this spot. I love, I love Dak. I love you, Dak, but. I'm not taking a quarterback here. So I'm just I'm just stacking up with my core positions. And it's either, you know, running back or receiver here. And for me, it, at this point in the draft, usually around round seven, round eight, is when I'm looking at my team and I'm saying to myself, okay, where are my positions of need and who are the best available players that I have on my personal board? And that is where the decision usually lies. And for me, if you could tell me that, according to Fantasy Pros, Kareem Hunt, they have him overall as their 54th player, and we're taking him at the 67th overall pick. I think it's a great value for someone like Kareem Hunt. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I think we're in agreement here that we're just gonna take Kareem Hunt and just say, you know what, our running backs, we're, we're good to go there. Yep, I agree. Okay. So Kareem Hunt is off the board, and we got a value pick, according to Fantasy Pros. A value pick. Thank you, Fantasy Pros, for Love that. Value. That is some good value. So, 7-8, Noah Fant. 7-9, Cortland Sutton. 7-10, Chase Claypool. I don't know why people are just so down on Chase Claypool, where he's going at the bottom of the seventh. I mean, that just... For me, I haven't ranked higher than that. He's tricky for me because some people really love him and are picking him way too early. And some people are just pushing him to the side and he's going end of the seventh, early eighth. But a perfect round for me, I don't know. I think like I would take him in the sixth round. I kind of like him. That's exactly where I was going to say is that I would take him middle of the sixth. Easily. Yeah, like if we, we just look back. I'd rather have – would you rather have Chase Claypool or Cortland Sutton? I'd take Claypool. Claypool or Tyler Boyd? I'd take Claypool. Interesting. Okay. I, I would rather have Boyd. Claypool, uh, um, there's a lot of questions with Big Ben. His numbers were sporadic last year. 
I feel like he could be like like a poor man's Tyreek Hill in terms of he'll just even though he doesn't do this anymore, but the back in the day Tyreek Hill, well, he'll just give you like subpar numbers. You have him as the flex or your wide receiver three. And then some weeks, you know, how the Steelers do, they just go off and he'll win you the week. Chase Claypool or Debo Samuel? That's easy. Claypool. That's that's easy. I don't even think I need to say it. Uh, Chase Claypool or David Montgomery? Oof. I'm going Montgomery just because he's a starter. I and am as well. I'm going, I'm going with Montgomery as well. Um, Will Fuller in Houston or Chase Claypool? Claypool, just because there's too many question marks right now with the Texans. Will Fuller in Green Bay or Claypool? Hmm. That's, I'm going to go Will Fuller. In Green Bay. Okay. Tyler Lockett or Claypool? One more. I'm going Lockett, even though it goes against my beliefs of taking the younger guy. I'm going Claypool. I'm going okay. Claypool. Claypool's an interesting guy. I got to look into him more, but. Yeah. Sixth round for me. It's weird. It's weird for me why he's being taken in the seventh, eighth round. Cause I think he should be going around higher. And I think when we get into full mock draft season, come May, June, July, he'll spike back up. I think he'll spike back up as well. I, I, I believe that as well. We uh, see that every year when we do a mock guys just waiting in the mm-hmm. weeds. It and happens all the time. July hits. June, August, you know, summer months when the podcasts are going, people are looking at fantasy doing drafts, guys shoot up two, three rounds. Well, lucky for people, there is a fantasy football podcast that is going year round. They can find that on the Basement Talk Podcast Family Podcast. Nice plug. <laughs> lucky for them. We go into round eight. Robbie Anderson at the 8-1, Dak Prescott at the 8-2, and Jarvis Landry at the 8 Three. We are on the clock here, and there is one guy that is standing out like a sore thumb, and that is the bad man himself, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking him all day, the cherry on the top of our team, just to even look at. I mean, our team's so complete right now. To take a guy I think is going to be a top-five quarterback again, I'm just – there's no other position here where I'm like, you know what, I really like him. There might be some value. I don't really see it here. I, I agree with you. I think Aaron Rodgers is the way to go. And I think, you know, Gaskin's interesting to me, but we just have so many running backs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if Miami goes and drafts a running back and, you know, has that running back become the guy to, uh, to Gaskin. It, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. So we will go ahead and take Aaron Rodgers here. So we go on word. Ho. So at the 8-5, Ronald Jones. At the 8-6, Jerry Judy. At the 8-7, Russell Wilson. The 8-8, Matt Ryan. The 8-9, the best receiver in the National Football League, Mr. Corey Davis. 8-10, Miles Gaskin. Uh, Jared, I don't know about you, but Corey Davis, the 8-9, is absolutely ludicrous. We should have taken him. He should be going in like the first round, maybe like round one, pick three. I like maybe. him, but not that much. I, I love him. Great guy. Uh, we go into round nine. Melvin Gordon at the 9-1. Brandon Cooks, 9-2. James Conner at 9-3. Uh, 
Chase Edmonds, the 9-4, I tell you what, Chase Edmonds right now, the 9-4, that's a hell of a value. Especially mm-hmm. if, Ken- if Kenyon Drake is not back in Arizona and you can tell me Edmonds is going to be the number one guy, that 9-4 is going to turn into a 5-4 very easily. And you'll be talking about him maybe in that group of Akers, Dobbins, uh, Gibson, potentially. You know, that kind of group I think Edmonds could potentially end up in. Gallup, 9-5, Michael Gallup. And then Devontae Parker at the 9-6. We are up at the 9-7. Um, this is. We haven't given a lot of love to tight ends today. Do you want to see if we like any later round tight ends? Um, well, based on the drafts that I have done, the answer is yes. That the later round tight ends, if we just look at the tight ends that are we could pick later, I mean, this group, Tunyon, Janu, Logan Thomas, I would take uh, one of them and I would be thrilled. I'm in love with Logan Thomas. I love him. See, that's interesting. I love Logan Thomas, but I love Janu Smith. I love him. I love him too, but he, he let me down last year later on, but he's a great value. I mean, you're take you're you're really just scraping bottom of the barrel, but if we if we just go even deeper, we go into like the tier four of tight ends on fantasy pros. Irv Smith here, he's a deep sleeper for me. I love I love him a lot. But the the word coming out of Minnesota last I heard is that the Minnesota Vikings are doing their homework on some of the receivers, namely Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. If they go and they take a receiver and they add another receiver to Jefferson, Thielen, and let's say it's Devonta Smith, then where does that leave Irv Smith? You know, I think that that is where I would be a little bit worried about Irv Smith, but then the guy right after him, I like a lot in terms of just a guy that will come in and right away be on a bad football team, but will have the game script needed to produce, and that's Cole Komet. He's interesting. I feel like I would have to take a tight end, though, in the tier above at least to start on my team. Yeah, for sure. And then even depending on where he goes as well, um, you know, one of the most talked about draft prospects that we have coming in is Kyle Pitts. You know, would we see Kyle Pitts enter this this group? Would he be higher than this group? Would we be putting him in the lower tier two tight ends? You know, would we be ranking him with someone like Ertz or Higby, Gronk, Hooper? I will say I love Zach Ertz if he ends up in, in Indianapolis with Carson Wentz. I would love him at this spot. At where he's going right now, which is the 15th tight end or so off the board, not at the nine seven. But would you be a Goddard guy if that happens? I see. I'm not really a Goddard guy to begin with. I, I have Goddard outside my top twelve. I'm not a huge fan of his. Um, I have Logan Thomas ahead of him. I have Robert Tunyon ahead of him. I have John o. Smith ahead of him as well. So I'm not. I'm not crazy about Goddard, but it's mainly, I'm a, I'm a believer in the player. I think he's really good, but I think the offense now and the whole team really for Philadelphia, I, I, I just don't trust them. I agree. After looking at that, I feel like we could wait on the tight end in this draft. So I think the direction we want to go here is receiver. And the one that just pops off right away as a wide receiver four 
and I know we'd be double dipping again, but I just think the value here is just so good is Hollywood Brown. I agree, especially for the guys who are around. There's I mean, nobody else. Let's just say, you know, Brown has a better season than last year, which I think he does. You're getting your worth in the ninth round. Well, before we go and just lock in our pick for Hollywood Brown, A.J. Dillon is here, and there is so much hype around A.J. Dillon that he could end up being the number one running back for the Packers if they decide to let Aaron Jones walk. Um, Jared, are you are you a believer in A.J. Dillon? I've seen him play. This guy's bigger than a rhinoceros when he runs. <laughs> I mean, it, it literally took like three guys to tackle him. I don't, I don't know how he fits on that. I kind of like him, but I kind of don't. Like, Aaron Jones is a fast guy, good with his hands. I got to see more of A.J. Dillon. But um, we've seen the Packers midseason give the ball at the running back spot to someone else, like with Aaron Jones. He wasn't the starter off the gate, um, even though despite um, his off-the-field issues. But um, if everything stayed the same and we're in the spot and A.J. Dillon's here, I would have no problem taking him and hoping that he takes over. So the, the one thing that I would say is AJ Dillon now being projected to go 99th off the board. That will not last. If no. both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones walk in free agency, AJ Dillon will shoot through the roof in terms of his value. So I think what I want to do is take Hollywood, get a receiver, and then if A.J. Dillon is there in round 10, we take A.J. Dillon. I agree. Okay, so there it is. Hollywood Brown is off the board. And look who we have here. A.J. Dillon wow. is here for us. So are we in agreement we're going to take him? I'm taking him, no doubt, here. Okay, so we will take him at the 10-4. And then once we get into the 11th round, we will recap the entire last round and a half or so for you. We just wanted to make that pick very quickly to speed things up. So we got Antonio Brown, 9-8, David Johnson, 9-9, Najee Harris at the 9-10, Jamar Chase at the 10-1, Raheem Mostert, 10-2, Mike Williams, 10-3. We took A.J. Dillon, 10-4, Devin Singletary, 10-5, Tony Pollard at the 10-6. I mean, we said this for the last mock draft. And we'll reiterate this again. If you have Ezekiel Elliott, you must go out of your way to draft Tony Pollard at least a round or two higher than his ADP because he is a guy that has standalone value by himself. So please go out of your way and take Tony Pollard if you take Zeke. Curtis Samuel, 10-7. James White, 10-8. Tariq Cohen, 10-9. Jamison Crowder, 10-10. I think that's a great value for him as someone that he could be a very, very, very solid floor play on a week-to-week basis uh, if that's what you're looking for, especially in PPR. Damien Harris, 11-1. LaVisca Chenault, 11-2. T.Y. Hilton, 11-3. Zach Moss, 11-4. Dallas Goddard, 11-5. And Sterling Shepard, 11-6. We are on the clock at the 11-7. But before we get to that, Jared, out of the guys that were just read off, is there a guy that stands off that stands out to you in terms of a great value pick? Um. I feel like Pollard's going to go a lot higher than this just because I feel like people are going to at least threaten to take him higher when someone drafts Zeke. Sure. And I wouldn't have a problem with someone, quote-unquote, reaches for Pollard if they have Zeke because we've seen when Zeke is out, he's an RB1 
He's a great fit. So he's he's interesting to me. I would take him standalone value myself too, just because you know what you're gonna get. Yep. And then and then these rounds, I mean, you're pretty much just nitpicking who you want. I mean, you're gonna throw away these guys in these rounds most likely. So Pollard's an interesting name to me. You're drafting for upside at this Definitely. spot. You're just looking for guys that are gonna provide you with immediate, immediate upside. Um, so we're on the clock here. I'm still not crazy about drafting a tight end. Uh, I think we could probably could wait, wait one more round to to take one. Obviously, I, Mike Kosicki is here. I don't love him. People love long. him. People do love him. I, I'm not there yet with him. Uh, Evan Ingram is here. I don't love Evan Ingram at all. Um, but if we're looking at who we could take here, uh, I just think it makes the most sense for our team to draft a Naeem Hines just so we have the handcuff for Jonathan Taylor. I was eyeing him down too. I mean, let's just say anything happens to Taylor, you could throw Hines in. Yep. And even if you're in a tough week, I mean, you could probably flex Hines in a three-receiver league if you really needed him. I agree with you, Jared. So we are going to go and take Naeem Hines at the 11-7. And even in mock drafts, people, you take them seriously. You take your handcuffs. Very, very, very importante. J.D. McKissick at the 11-8. Jared's best friend, J.D. McKissick, at the 11-8. Marvin Jones at the 11-9. Robert Tunyon at the 11-10. That is very, very unfortunate. They wanted to take him at 12-4. That sucks. Lynn Bowden at the 12-1. Leonard Fournette. Lombardi Lenny at the 12-2. Latavius Murray at the 12-3. We are on the clock at the 12-4. Um, for me, there's one guy that stands out right now. That's Johnny Smith. We could take him. I love Logan Thomas, but I'll take either one. I think we could probably end up taking both, quite honestly. I've been on the – you know me. I drafted three tight ends in our league last year. I did yep. win the championship despite. Hey, you did. Get, get, but, get this guy a medal. Oh, wait, he's got a trophy. <laughs> I have zero problem taking two tight ends because we've seen really? over the uh, – we've seen the past three years where uh, drafting a late tight end and they just break out. And worst case – um, you have some good trade value, and if nothing happens with them, you just drop them. So I have no problem taking two tight ends. Yep, I agree with you. So we will take Jonu Smith, and then hopefully we will be able to take uh, Mr. Logan Thomas on the way around. Uh -huh. So oh, that sucks. So at the 12-5, Le'Veon Bell, 12-6, Darrell Henderson. 12-7, Keyshawn Vaughn. 12-8, Marlon Mack. 12-9, Jamal Williams. 12-10, Justin Herbert. Great value for Justin Herbert, by the way. 12th round, that's ridiculous. 13-1, Jalen Hurts. 13-2, Mike Kosicki. 13-3, Evan Ingram. 13-4, Trevor Lawrence. 13-5, Mike Davis. If you have Christian McCaffrey, you should be drafting Mike Davis at least in the 11th, 10th, 11th round. And then 13-6, sadly, we miss out on Logan Thomas. We are on the clock here again. Um, I'm good to go any which way. We have two spots left in this draft. Let's read out the team one more time. Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Brandon Ayuk, Jonu Smith, J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, Marquise Brown, A.J. Dillon, and Naeem Hines. So, I would feel comfortable probably with this team taking one more receiver just to lock that up. 
And for me, the guy that I that I have is just the highest on my board here is Christian Kirk. So I think he's just kind of a guy you take, you know, first two weeks, hold on to him, and hopefully, uh, you know, if he, if he pans out, great. If he doesn't, you drop him, and then you go find someone that pops off week one on, on waiver wire. But for me, Christian Kirk would be the guy here. I agree with the receiver take. I was looking at Cole Beasley, but I have no oh, problem. Sure, a, sure. I no I, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm completely good with taking Cole Beasley. I'll go, either, I'll go either way. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm good with Cole Beasley. I'm good with that. Let's do it. So Cole Beasley at the 13-7. Devonta Smith, 13-8. Ryan Tannehill at the 13-9. Kenny Gainwell at the 13-10. Rob Gronkowski at the 14-1. Christian Kirk at the 14-2. And then Hayden Hurst at the 14-3. We are on the clock for the final time. Uh, take a backup tight end here. I think backup tight end, and the one that stands out for me is Zach Ertz. I would take him here too. Okay, that, that's decided. Zach Ertz done at the 14-4. Okay, so we have John Brown, 14-5. Cole Komet, 14-6. Darius Slayton, 14-7. Tom Brady, the 14-8. Nelson Aguilar, the 14-9. And Michael Pittman at the 14-10. We finish off the draft with a B-minus from Fantasy Pros. I tell you what, listen, Fantasy Pros will tell me what they want to tell me. I love this team. I really like this team. A lot of upside. A lot, and there's a a lot of upside. There's also a lot of safety as well. I would take this team right now. I would too. I would too. I like this. I like this team a lot. Um, you know, I think, I think for me, it's that, it's that perfect mix. Like I said, of upside and safety. That's what I love the most. So um, yeah, I'm a big, big fan. I'll read it off one more time. The complete team, Aaron Rodgers, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Brandon Ayuk, John U. Smith, JK Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, Marquise Brown, A.J. Dillon, Naeem Hines, Cole Beasley, and Zach Ertz. Jared, your final thoughts on the team, please. I love it. I would take it right now. Um, I think this team goes to a lot of what we were saying throughout the whole podcast, taking younger guys, potential breakout guys, and a touch of uh, safety, like a Rodgers, Eckler. You pretty much know what they're going to give you. Woods, especially. Then you have a, a Jonathan Taylor, potential breakout, J.K. Dobbins, Ayuk. You have a very good mix. And you have a lot of, and our bench is pretty deep too. So I think it sums up what we're talking about this whole time today. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think the one thing for this year, especially, is if you have a deep bench, you're going to be in a very, very, very good spot in terms of potentially going out and winning your league this upcoming season. So that's going to be it for this episode of the basement talk podcast fantasy show. Jared, thank you so much for coming on and doing a mock draft with me, pal. No problem. Many more to come. And I got to say, we agreed a lot today on picks. We did, which is a little scary, (laughs) which is a little scary considering we are in just too many leagues with each other. So just don't steal my picks. If you want to live, got it. We'll be at war pretty soon. Draft day. Oh, we're at war already. (laughs) <laughs> at war uh so 
Jared, thank you so much for coming on to the Basement Talk podcast. And thank you so much for listening to the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show. Of course, go check out the Basement Talk podcast. Go check out the Basement Talk podcast quizvitation, which Jared has been on a tillion times. And of course, the Basement Talk podcast debate. Adam will be back for the next episode where we will be doing God knows what and talking about whatever we want to talk about because we're getting close to that time where it's division previews and then it's position previews where we get ready for the NFL draft. And before you know it, we'll be in May. We'll be in May. And it's just go time in terms of box, in terms of roster analysis, in terms of everything like that. So keep listening. Keep it locked into the Basement Talk Podcast, the Basement Talk Podcast Finish Show, and the rest of the Basement Talk Podcast family podcast. For Jared, I'm Bird. Bye-bye.